for our podcast. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 8. And when you have it, say amen. You can stand. Amen. Let's stand, amen, for the reading of the word of the Lord. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse number 8. It reads, uh, all things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. I'll read that again. Amen. This is the book of Ecclesiastes, if I remember correctly. It was says the words of the preacher, the son of David. says this is the, uh, the man Solomon that has written this. And all things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. What does that mean tonight, that the eye is not satisfied with seeing? There's a, a word in our language, in our English language that's called insatiable. Anybody heard of the word insatiable? An insatiable desire, an insatiable look, you know. Uh, what Solomon is talking about in verse number eight, the eye is not satisfied with seeing. You say, well, what's that talking about? Uh, you know what? Well, I'm going to kind of get down to where we're at tonight because I'm gonna, we're going to talk about holiness and about the eyes and what we consume and what we look at. But here in Ecclesiastes 1 and 8, there's a truth that the eye is not satisfied with seeing. You no doubt have experienced this. I have experienced this. If any of you have a smartphone, you know it's the fact, the God's truth. You can scroll and scroll and scroll for hours. You're just looking and looking and looking and consuming and consuming. You can get a TV in front of you and you can just watch it for hours and hours and hours. Your eyes are just not satisfied with seeing. You have to consume more. You have to see the next thing. What else is? What else can I consume? What else can I take in? Uh, this is a truth that the, the eye is not satisfied with seeing. And so there's an, an insatiable desire that you and I have visually to consume more and more and more. It's a struggle that everybody has and we have to uh, bring it under control and rein in that desire of our flesh because it's a fleshly desire to just see and see and see and see more and more things. That's why the person that starts out uh, looking at something that's illicit, if they don't rein it in, eventually becomes more and more Vile and more and more wicked and more and more debased, and because they saw something one time, but the next time it didn't satisfy them as much. They have to see a little bit more. They have to see. They have to see more. They have to see it a different way. They got to keep consuming it, and it's the fleshly desire. Uh, Matthew chapter six, and I'm just gonna. If you have a, those nice little tabs in your Bible, those little ribbons, you might want to mark where we just read Ecclesiastes chapter one and. And flip over with me to the book of Matthew in, in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Amen. Begin reading with 
verse 22, it says it like this. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22. The light of the eye, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. And what Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 through 24 lets us know is that what we consume visually will have a hold on our lives. What we consume visually can either be for an instrument of goodness or an instrument of evil and wickedness. Amen. What you consume uh, uh, visually will either help you or it will hurt you. And the Bible says that if you got a single eye or you got that single focus, amen, and your focus in this regard is, is solely upon the Lord, right. your whole body shall be full of light. But it's a lot of times we get so distracted with things in life and there's so many things that we can look at and consume that it, it affects us negatively. Uh, and so the Bible tells us that the eye is the gate of the soul. It's through the eye that perceptions are made. Thoughts are provoked and emotions are stirred and judgments are determined through the eye. You can meet somebody for the first time and before you shake their hand... You're looking at them from afar off when you're making judgments and assessments because your eye is making the judgment. Your eye is determining, well, this person is dressed this way and they look, they, they just seem to be un, un, disheveled or unkept. And so therefore they must be this and that person is dressed up and they got a suit and tie and so they must be X, Y, and Z. And we make assessments and judgments based off what we see. And perceptions are made through the eye. Thoughts are provoked through what we look at. I see that so many times in my own life. Sometimes I'll be looking at my phone and, and I'll see a picture and it'll provoke a thought. Oh, I should check this. And it redirects me a lot of times. You've probably experienced the same thing. It will redirect you. And so you should think about something different. So it, uh, it's very critical what we willingly set before our eyes. There's some things that you can control, other things that you cannot control. That we can control, that we cannot control. In Psalms chapter 101, if you have... Amen. That ribbon again, just put another ribbon where we just read and flip over to Psalms chapter 101. In the old, back in the Old Testament. Amen. Psalms chapter 101. In verse number three. This is a psalmist speaking here. And he says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Amen. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Amen. Sister Cameron, there's a scripture you told me about before. If you can find it and let me know. It's talking about how we should not uh, rejoice in the sin of those that walk away. Something along the lines. Uh, uh, you'll probably it'll come, it'll come to your attention, but this is, it's a thought that I had just right now. Amen. It talks about 
uh, what we just read here, Psalms 101, is that the there's a covenant that has to be made. You and I have to make with our eyes. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Uh, and so uh, Psalms 119, verse 37 is another one that you could flip over in your Bible, Psalms 119 and verse 37. Amen. It says, Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Uh, vanity, as it's used here in Psalms 119 and verse 37, and turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. Vanity refers to anything that is worthless. Or you might say in, in scripture has no eternal value. Can you say that with me? No eternal value? No eternal value. No redeemable value. Amen. That is what vanity is. It's something that is foolishness. It's something that is empty and destitute of reality. That's what vanity is. To define vanity as something that's worthless, foolishness, Empty and is destitute of reality. It's a false reality. Amen. It's something that has no eternal value. And these are things that the Bible teaches us as believers, as Christians, that we should not be visually consuming and taking in. Proverbs 24, 17. Proverbs 24, 17. Can you read it? That's, that's a good one. That was the one I was talking about, but there's another one. Amen. Uh, and it's talking mo- mostly about you know, how's, how we can look at things and see people in, living in sin and we indulge in their sin uh, through the consumption of media. And we're going to be defining some things here tonight. Uh, but let me, if you will, for a few moments, lay a foundation and begin talking about some things, how that the eye is your eye is your eyes are the primary source of external information. It's I don't know if you some of you may or may not be like me. We're all different, but you can tell me something, brother Nathan, and I probably might forget it unless you told me a few times. But if I see something, it makes more sense. You learn it right. If you're listening to the teacher in mathematics class and he's doing x plus y equals z and and divided by your thinking, and if he just says it, you're like, uh, I don't, uh, you know. But if you get the on the whiteboard, if you get to write it, oh, okay. Visually, you begin to receive information, and so the eye is a primary source of external information, and the eye is the primary stimulant for thought life. The eye is the primary stimulant for thought life. The thoughts that pass through our mind. The reason why some of us struggle so much. Is because we're we're viewing things, we're seeing things that we should not see, and there's so much that's coming in uh, visually. Uh, that external information is coming in visually, and it's 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 stimulating thoughts, and many times it's thoughts that we shouldn't be thinking. Right. Many times it's thoughts that we shouldn't be uh, dwelling upon. But there's other things that if we'll begin to view and consume the Word of God with reading the Bible, it begins to stimulate thoughts in our mind and we begin to see ourselves and there's something that begins to happen dynamically. Amen. Psychologists have verified that 90% of our thought life is stimulated by what you and I see. 90% of our thought life is stimulated 
by what we see. Some people struggle with so much stuff in life. Amen. Their, their mind is just bombarded with all these different negative thoughts and, and, and all different sorts of chemical dependency and whatever it would be. Lots of different things that we've struggled with in our hearts. And we don't realize it's because the things that we're looking at and giving ourselves to, it's, it's introducing thoughts and concepts and principles into our lives that many times should not be there. And we would not struggle with the things we struggle with if we did not view the things that we're viewing. And the eye is also the primary tool for remembering things. Anybody ever heard of a flashcard? We used them when we were in school, flashcards. When we were studying, I was, I think my wife may have, I'm not sure. When I was studying for the CPA exam some years ago, before I realized I didn't really want to be in accounting forever, uh, I was using flashcards and just all day long flashcards. Some that are in Bible quizzing have used flashcards and it helps to remember things. And because the eye is a primary tool for remembering. Experiments show that the mind retains 65% of what it sees and hears simultaneously, but only 15% of what he hears alone. So what you see and hear, your mind has the ability to retain 65% of it, amen, simultaneously. And the, the Bible tells us, amen, that the, it's the lust of the eyes is one of the sins that's categorized in Scripture. And the lust of the eyes is a major source of temptation. Did you find that was his camera? I know I didn't give you whole, I can give my mom usually a little bit of detail, so I'll, I remember that one. Yes. Read that one. Where's it at? First Timothy five twenty two. Read it. Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other man's sins, keep thyself pure. Amen. No don't be a partaker of other men's sins. And a lot of times what we're what when we're viewing things, we're partaking of it. We're indulging in it. We're we're accepting the behavior of what we're viewing. Uh, when we have the control, just like we read in Psalms, I will set no wicked thing before my eye. It's a choice you have to make. Amen. First uh, John chapter two and verse 16 is the one that I mentioned just a moment ago. First John chapter two and verse 16. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The lust of the eyes. That is that insatiable desire to consume and to consume and to consume. The Bible tells us that it is not of the Father. It's not of God. It's of the world. Amen. And never before has the scriptures these scriptures have been more true than in 2021 when we're set at home in isolation or, or quarantine or just we can't go anywhere in the last year and we're sitting down and what do we do most of our day? Some people have gotten so bad with their phones that they're on their phones all day long. It's the lust of the eyes. It's something that just you can't stop. It just got a hold of you. And the way that's the way that lust is, is I've got to have more. I've got to have more. I've just got to keep looking. I've got to have to go back to it. Amen. The lust of the eyes is something that will just consume a person. It's 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 a it's identified in scripture. Amen. What the eyes indulge in, 
here's, here's, the, here's the catcher. Amen. What the eyes indulge in and enjoys, the body soon thereafter begins to indulge in and enjoy. First, it starts with the eyes. That's why the scriptures, and these are principles, we don't just... We don't just talk about how we don't believe in television because we like rules and all of these things, but we talk about it because it is an indicator of direction. It's one, there's, there's, a, there's a concept, and when you're riding a motorcycle, I've heard it this way, if you want to go a certain direction, you've got to start looking that direction, your body will naturally go. I experienced the same thing when, when in snowboarding. I love to snowboard. If you guys ever get a chance, we'll go together. But the way that I can explain how to turn left or turn right is first turn your eyes that direction. I'm serious. If you're, if you're going down the, snow, the slopes in the snowboard and you want to go left and you don't really know how to do it, mechanically, physically, just start looking left. Your body will naturally follow suit. And so it, that's why it matters what we look at and what we consume visually because it is an indicator of direction. What we look at indicates direction. Amen. A life that is just constantly just looking at the phone or television, it, the body's going downhill. Amen. The body's going downhill. If you're just on your phone all day long, if you're on the television just looking at it all day long, you are digressing. You are going down. Amen. Your body is following direction of your eyes. Amen. It's a downward spiral. Amen. You've got to make sure that you're keeping your eyes on Jesus and in the right direction. What the eyes indulge in and enjoys, the body will soon thereafter indulge in and enjoy. Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Romans chapter 13 and verse 14. Says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know how you make provision for the flesh? How you make provision for your... for You know, some people struggle with living for God so much. And, you know, Sister Gina, we've heard it said before, the, there's two natures inside of you, and the one that you feed the most is the one that is the strongest. The reason some people struggle with their flesh so much is because they're constantly... Viewing things and hearing things and hanging around things that are conducive to living for self and the flesh. Amen. Uh, And so uh, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh. Amen. And to fulfill the lust thereof. Amen. So we have it in the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 with the, that first woman named Eve. And it says that when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes... And a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. The first thing is that she saw, she saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to her eyes. Her eyes began to go in the wrong direction. Amen. Keep in mind, this was a tree of what? The knowledge of good and evil. Well, I should be able to look at some stuff as long as I don't touch it. 
But she's making provision for the flesh. So God delivered me from my old lifestyle, my old ways. But yet I'm watching movies and television shows. And it's my old life I'm looking at. So God delivered me from depression and anxiety. But I'm looking at things that just trigger my depression, trigger me, uh, my anxiety. Amen. So so God did a great work in my life uh, and God delivered me from my old lustful self, but I'm still looking at shows and, and things on my on my television, on my phone and, and wherever I'm at and it's just it's a reminder of my old life you are making provision for your flesh. And as long as you are continually looking at those things, you're going to struggle. If all day long you look at the the television, all day long you look at your phone, and it's just all day long, you're going to come to church, you're going to feel dry as corn chucks. You're going to feel so dry, it's going to be so hard to pray because you haven't prayed. All you've done is just consume, and it's just that, the, like Solomon talks about in Ecclesiastes, it's that eye is just, it's never satisfied. It's, it's got to see more. And when is it enough? When have you looked at enough of the news? When have you looked at enough television? When have you looked at enough movies? When have you looked at everybody's social media, all their stories and their TikTok, and, and all these different social media platforms, and Facebook, and Instagram, and, and then Twitter, and then LinkedIn? and everything else. When have you consumed enough? And by the time you think you consume enough, here comes another batch of refreshes and, and people that just post it. So i got to keep looking at it. You literally can look at social media all day long. You literally can look at the news all day long. Fox News, CNN, CNBC, breaking news every two seconds. Breaking news. You turn the channel. Breaking news. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. And look at this. There's a new television show coming out in 30 minutes. And, and, I, and by the time you get halfway through that, when there's another show starting an hour after that, I, I, I know what I'm talking about. It is just sucking you in, sucking you in, sucking you in until this world has taken the life out of you. And then when the pastor says, let's come early for prayer. It's such a struggle to pray, Pastor. I just struggle to feel the Lord. It's so hard. Man, why do I got to go to church? Because you've given yourself visually to everything around you in this world. And there's nothing left for Jesus. It's the lust of the eyes. And sin is destructive. Sin is a consumer of your mind, of your heart, of your life, of my life. Joshua chapter 7 verse 21 says, When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under Achan. This is the story of Achan in the Bible, a man that uh, caused Israel, the people of God, to stumble the story of Achan was there was a battle that was going on and, and God gave specific directions. But Achan's eyes began to focus on this gold that was here, the silver. And he just, it, he couldn't take his eyes off. I've got to have a little bit. But it was his eyes that gave away the condition of his heart. Second Samuel chapter 11 verse 2, talking about David. And it came to pass in an even tide. That David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he what? He saw. His eyes saw something he should never have seen. 
And he did not, because he was already on shaky ground. He saw it, Brother Noah. And he wanted, I should not look at this. Oh. Oh. And he just was sucked in. His eyes began to focus on the wrong thing. And, and let me take a side step. You, you can focus on the wrong things in this church. Some people, you know, the devil will know how to get to each and every one of us. Every one of us is going to have a battle one time or another where we're going to need somebody to step in and say, you need to be correct. You need rebuke. You need a course correction. Because the things that we focus on, amen, are the things that, that begin to weigh heavy upon us. We begin to think about it. Some people can come to church, amen, on a Wednesday night like tonight or a Sunday morning like this coming Sunday. And all that they'll focus on is Brother Nathan's shoes are black. Oh, his shoes are black. And it doesn't match his gray pants. He should have worn gray shoes. Or, that's a silly one, but some people come and focus on, well, Sister Shannon is this way. So I can't get over my, why is she this way? And I can't worship God because Sister Shannon is, is certain, as a certain way. And it bothers me. Or they come in and say, man, Sister Dee Dee, she's just got a different personality. It just bothers me. And it's just, they're focusing. And because of my focus upon her, I can't worship God because why is she here? And why is she laughing, having a good time? And she's annoying. But people focus on the wrong, on the wrong thing. Or you can come to church on Sunday morning and your focus can be, God, you're so wonderful. I'm thankful, God, for another day to be alive in your presence. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your grace. And I'll tell you what, as long as your eyes are focused on Him, it don't matter who walks in the back door, that you don't like who's sitting across the aisle, you don't like because your focus is upon Jesus and how wonderful He is and how merciful and how gracious He is. Your focus has got to be on the right things. Your eyes determine your focus. Amen. Stop. Amen. Some people need to kick out their television set. Some people need to put limits on their cell phones. Amen. That says, hey, you've been on your phone for two hours already. Time to do something else. Amen. Some people need to put limits on their computer. Just look at all day long or, or whatever it is that would consume your or cancel magazine subscriptions. If people still look at magazines. Amen. But there's got to be some control. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, you say, my eyes are going to focus on the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We must guard our eyes. Satan knows that the mind is most easily reached through the eye. And therefore he brings several temptations before your eyes. Right. You didn't know you struggle with certain things until you get walking down the strip in Las Vegas and you see these cars with these moving billboards with lights and like, oh. And then you're like, oh, okay, I didn't see that. And then some guy's slapping cards and putting them right in your face and He's inviting you to the, the local club down the street. And then you're, you're like, oh, duh, rebuke that. Get in your car, you start taking off. And all down the road, you see lighted uh, billboards of advertising all kinds of carnality and, and drugs and, and sex and, and, and the, that lifestyle that God delivered you from. Right. You've got to guard your eyes. Firstly, amen. Uh, 
The, eye, the eyes, uh, the mind is most easily reached through the eyes, and therefore it brings several temptations before our eyes. Number one, it's a way to bring suggestions to our mind. We've all experienced that. There's things that we see that suggest. Maybe I should look into where this hiking spot is a little bit more. Maybe I should look into this, this shopping advertisement about these coach persons. Maybe there's, and it just suggests stuff, and you go down a rabbit trail looking on Google Images for coach purses you start googling hiking trails and and you it, that's it's suggestive it's not always and the marketers know what they're doing amen but secondly these thoughts become embedded in our minds so that they can return to tempt us when we're weak or discouraged sometimes you're going you're doing good and you see man that billboard uh just advertised this this local marijuana store in town it's new man i I, I'm not doing that no more, but your your mind saw it. And when you start to get weak, I mean, I better go drive by there. What was that sign I just saw? Google that. You're, it, it's, it, it jogs memories. What you see, what you consume. Amen. And, and the third thing is by constant exposure to certain sites and their associated ideas. Here's the thing. Here is the thing. This third point of the temptations that comes before our eyes. Here is the thing, and you've all got to hear me on this one. Amen. By constant exposure to certain sites and their associated ideas, we become desensitized to them. You can say, well, you know what? Uh, It's okay to have a television in my home. Amen. I just don't agree with pastors preaching against television. And I'm just going to focus on the good stuff. Amen. And so there's commercials that happen that you don't control. And there's and there's there's things that happen on the television. Television frames the message. It tells you how to think about it. It, it kind of characterizes how you should view, amen, same-sex marriage. How you should view drugs and alcohol. How you should use, how you should view illicit relationships. It characterizes the message. And eventually you become desensitized. You think, man, this is hate speech, pastor. This is hate speech, pastor. We are to love them and we do love them. But we are to preach what's right, right. and what's wrong. Right. Amen. You're not to have a conversation with your child. I don't have, ever have a conversation with my child. Well, honey, do, you, do I mean, do you feel it's okay to go on the freeway? I mean, because maybe I maybe I've been wrong. Do, do, do I mean? Do, how do you feel about getting on the freeway? You know, during during rush hour. I mean, it, I mean do you feel okay about it, baby? Okay, well, I guess, you know, that's how you feel. Who am I to restrict your, you know, God-given American ability? But we do that with some of these things. We say, well, baby, do you, do you feel that way towards the same sex? Well, you should explore that. You know, it's destructive. It's destructive. Well, baby, you know, I, when I was a kid, I, I, I went drinking with my friends and we went partying and so, you know, who am I to tell you you can't do those same things that I did when I was a kid? Even though I know better now, but, you know, you've got to experience it for yourself. No, there ought to be. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And there's, there's got to be the, uh, there's got to be an awareness. But the problem is, is sometimes we, so many times people that, and here's why we make a big deal about what, not watching television. Because watching television desensitizes you and me 
to the philosophies and the lifestyles of this world. It desensitizes you. Long before they begin to promote about homosexuality, they begin to introduce relationships on different television shows. Well, he's kind of cute. Well, he's nice. He's so sweet. He can't. It, and with time, you know what? It's just like this show I watched. These are good people. And, and, and the people want to make bones about it. But the word of God states some things. And if you give yourself to watching things, you become desensitized to it. Think, well, it's okay. I felt something in, in my life, and I'm going to be transparent with you. Amen. I remember for a year, year and a half, maybe it was about a year, I think, I had the awesome privilege of, it was one of my dreams, working in the high rise in the financial district in San Francisco. And I was thinking, whoo, I made it. I'm working the high rise in San Francisco. I'm taking the commuter train from the office. I can see the Golden Gate Bridge. I can see uh, the Bay Bridge. And I can see Alcatraz and, and Angel Island. And I was like, man, this is it. And you know what happened after time when I first got there? I was thinking, man, this place is crazy. It's Look at all these people. After a while, you start saying, man, they're, just, they're normal people just like me. And they are normal people. But there's a part that wants to justify right. lifestyles that is in disagreement with the word of God. Right. If you if you give yourself and you're constantly looking at things, amen, it will begin to desensitize you. And finally, if you're if you think if they are thought about long enough what you're viewing, they'll be acted upon. Right. Amen. And let me quickly move amen through this this lesson tonight. Uh, the first area is printed material. Amen. We've got to be careful what we read. What we read. Amen. What is read becomes a thought, and the thought paints a picture, and the picture stimulates further thought. Amen. So therefore, amen. And I was listening to something just recently how uh, the Bible is filled with principles and things that we need to understand why and the reason behind it. Amen. I love something that my wife talked to me about years ago, and, and I was interviewing her to marry her practically, and I was talking, asking all kinds of questions, and she said, you know. One of the things that was helpful when I was growing up is 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 uh, my, my parents explained, my mom explained why we don't do certain things, why we don't do certain things, why we don't dress certain ways, why we don't uh, say certain things. And other of her friends, their parents just told them, you just don't do that, period. That's what pastor says, so that's the bottom line and end of discussion. But there is an understanding of the principles. Amen. So, uh, the, but the principle... Eventually, if you get it and you love it, eventually it's the application of our lives. And there's defining things in our lives. So so what does it mean to be careful what we read and to set no wicked thing before our eyes? With printed material, it looks at it looks like this. The Christian should not read nor possess books that are filled with pornography or occult material or books that are filled with explicit sex and obscenities and violence. We should not be, and the Christian should not be looking at things, amen, that is, is sexually explicit, amen, that is uh, geared towards spiritualism, amen, and begins to shift direction and power away from God to Harry Potter or to uh, whatever wizard would be out there, amen. But the Christian should view and read things that are uplifting, right. encouraging, right. not, not uh, uh, normalizing uh, sinful lifestyles, not normalizing 
uh, things that go against the word of God. The second, not so it's it's printed material, but secondly, it's television and movies. Amen. And television uh, has been utilized in, in much more negative ways and positive ways. Television has been utilized in more negative ways and positive ways. You can say, well, that's different now and things have changed and I have more control. But, you know, you take the, you, you, you buy the whole field when it comes to certain things. You, you've got to we've got to. Amen. And I'm thankful that there, there was a day. Amen. That somebody made a decision in my house. Amen. To kick television out. Amen. Uh, that there's dangers with television. It's dominated by evil. It's dominated by violence. It's dominated by illicit sex and other sins. You say, well, I don't agree with that. Well, you know what? Here's what I want you to do tonight when you go home. Get your Bible out. and Get it out. Open it up. Start reading your Bible. Get down and start praying for 15 minutes. Amen. And then turn your television on and see what happens. You will feel conviction. You will feel, you know what? i got to at least close my Bible and put it aside. Because I don't want that to be, you know, messed up. You try doing some of these things with your Bible open and just finishing prayer. You have a hard time because it's conviction. God's not pleased with it. Amen. It's because you and I inherently know. Although we don't always like to identify and admit it, but the television is full of filth. Amen. The television and movies are a source of temptation because they they feed the lust, which in turn defiles the mind. They modify behavior by breaking down the resistance to sin. And another thing, amen, that and this goes for not just television and movies, but this goes for cell phones and everything else. Every type of media consumption, amen, you've got to understand, amen, that uh, they are a thief of time. Like we talked a moment ago, you can scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. You can say, well, I don't have television, but I'm watching every show on television on my phone or on the computer. Amen. And these are innocent shows. It's a thief of time. It's stealing your spirituality. It's, it's, it's creating carn- carnality in your spirit. Amen. And it is a thief of time. And Ephesians 5 and 16 tells us that we as believers should redeem the time because the days are evil. We should redeem the time because the days are evil. Or we should exchange our time for things of value. That's what redemption is. Is exchanging one thing for something of greater value. Here's my little my little rectangular ticket. I'm gonna I'm gonna redeem my ticket for a prize in your little glass cabinet. I'm exchanging something of value for something. Exchanging something for something of more value. And redeeming the time is using your time wisely. Using your time wisely. Amen. Colossians 4 and 5 further states that we should walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. Use your time. You know how you redeem the time? You use your time wisely. You say, well, God gave me 75 years on this planet, so I've got to make every day, every moment, every hour, every minute count. And you say, well, I'm not looking at anything bad, Pastor. I'm just looking at social media for eight hours a day. I'm just watching every news channel on the sun every day, all day. You're not redeeming the time. You're not exchanging your time for something of value. 
What did we read earlier about vanity? Something that has no eternal value. In this church, amen, this church, there ought to be people, and there is, I believe there is people that say, God, I want to please you. I want to exchange my time for something of value. I don't want to look back on my life when I'm on my deathbed and say, you know what? I wasted so much time. They sang a song years ago called Wasted Years. Anybody heard that one? It's an old song. I know, I know all these old songs. Wasted years. Oh, how foolish. You waste your life away just looking at your phone all day long. Get up and do something. Get up and go somewhere. Get up and be productive. Do something for the Lord. Get a Bible study. Amen. Get involved in a ministry. Do something with your life. Sit down. If you've got so much time, sit down with the Lord in prayer. Say, God, you've given me all of this time. How do I use this time to benefit and bless the kingdom of God? How can my life, amen, create impact for the world around me with all of the time that I've been given? Amen. How can my life matter in the grand scheme of things? You've got to kick out, amen, the television. You've got to kick out, amen, all of the things that you've been viewing. You've got to put limitations on your behavior and say, God, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to give you something of value, God. I'm going to use my time for something that has eternal value. Has eternal value. Amen. This is a, a stat. Amen. I'm giving you if you'd stand to your feet. Amen. Something that happened just a couple years ago. Amen. In 2019, there was a survey uh, that said that there are currently 3.5 billion smartphone users worldwide. And that number is probably expounded, uh, ex- expanded exponentially. And it says, considering that the total number of people using phones globally is at 4.8 billion. That means that 73% of them are users of smartphones. So there's a, there's a lot of smartphone users. I have a smartphone. Probably everybody here has a smartphone. So this is not one of those message, messages where you say, well, that, that was good for him over there, her over there. Get him, Pastor. No, this is all of us. All of us. In 2019, the average U.S. adult spent three hours and 43 minutes a day on mobile devices. Almost four hours a day in 2019. This marked the first time that the time spent on mobile exceeded the time spent watching television, which came in at three and a half hours. And this was two years ago. It said this divide is expected to further widen over the next two years with time spent on mobile devices forecast to hit just under four hours a day by 2021, our current year, compared to three hours and 22 minutes of television time. Zooming in on that statistic a little on smartphones, we see that U.S. adults engage with their smartphones for an average of two hours and 55 minutes on a daily basis. On a daily basis. So people are spending three and four hours a day on their phones. There's a little thing that the, I, the, I, the Apple phone has uh, where it'll, you can set notifications. Probably Samsung had it 10 years ago, but Apple claimed it. That's another story. But it'll tell you, hey, dummy, you've been looking at me for two hours already. Here's your, here's your screen time report. You guys get those perhaps. You've got to go back and look at it and say, what am I doing with my time? How am I going to get somewhere in life? What, well, how, 
How is my retirement years going to be spent? How is my, my, my youth years going to be spent? How am I going to spend my time? How am I going to spend my time? Am I going to exchange it for something of value or am I just going to waste it away? Amen. This is all about holiness tonight. Being holy, being more like Jesus. Amen. There's lots of other statistics and signs. Amen. And uh, we'll leave that for another time. But I, I felt it important to talk about this tonight and express this uh, this to, to the church. Amen. The importance of watching what we consume. Amen. Being careful what we consume, I should say. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you tonight for the word of the Lord. We thank you tonight, God, for everything that you've done. We pray tonight that, God, again, that you would keep us in the palm of your hand. Thank you tonight, God, for the man of God. Thank you tonight.